Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. This podcast is continuing to gain recognition as a resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. From Inc.com to MSNBC's Your Business to Fit Small Business, Proven, um, there's a whole host of organizations that have included Accelerate Your Business Growth on their list of the best podcasts to listen to. We are honored by that and tremendously grateful for it. Um, and we also know that that is due in large part to the guests that we have on this podcast. These folks come on, they give their expertise and their time to help all of you do better things in your businesses. Today is no different. Today my guest is Britt Polson. Britt is the author of Clarity of The Clarity Compass and has coached business leaders from CEOs of Fortune 500 companies to solopreneurs in applying the Clarity Compass to be more efficient and effective decision makers. 30 years of listening to the deepest struggles of clients has allowed Britt to unlock the mystery of why some people excel in leadership and others struggle with conflict and lack of influence. He says, leading doesn't have to be filled with struggle and stress anymore. Improving your decision-making skills is key. Released in 2016, The Clarity Compass is a best-selling book that aids the reader to become a more confident and strategic decision-maker, something I'm sure all of us aspire to if we haven't gotten there already. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brett. Diane, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. This is a great subject. I, um, When I got your information and I was looking through your bio and I sort of chuckled to myself because I thought, boy, it is so true that people struggle, that they find leadership more of a challenge than something, you know, a positive experience. Um, so I'm really glad that we're going to be having this conversation. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so you say um, that how you decide is as important as what you decide. And I would like to know um, uh, really what you mean by that and why that is the case. Yeah, because... It... <laughs> If we just make random decisions, then then we we switch them quickly. Uh, we switch back, but when we make a decision for the a, a process that's deeper, our conviction is is higher, 
in that decision, and it's more likely to be sustaining and drive us through. In fact, I was working with a client just yesterday where one of the things we were talking about was um, oh, it, she's in charge of a huge project, uh, one of the top selling games actually that's out there right now. And one of the things that's happening is, is she's making decisions herself but and they're great decisions, but some of the executives aren't being included on those on those decisions. So yeah, the decision's being made, but she didn't she wasn't getting some of the buy-in. And as a consequence, some of the, you know, they don't have the momentum. Some of the meetings aren't going as smoothly as they would be if she had gone through the process of involving more people in making maybe some of the same decisions, but but uh, doing it in a more methodical way. Oh, that is interesting. So she's not getting buy-in necessarily from people because it's like she's telling them this is what we're going to do as opposed to saying, let's figure out what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and not even, you know, and just more talking to the people that are underneath as opposed yeah. to the people that are above, just trying to move things forward. And actually to this person's credit is that, um, they're a doer. They're a make it happen kind of person. They, I, I, awesome, awesome leader. And and here's an example of. I don't want to get too deep too quick in the show, but but it's it's <laughs> like the assumption is is like it's easier for me to just drive things than to go have some political conversation or some harried conversation or nuanced conversation. Let me just go out and do it. And yeah. and many leaders I see that they're they're great at getting things done, but not having the conversations that help set up good decisions. So I guess my question would be, so then are they really great leaders? Because aren't great leaders people who, who bring people or, or, you know, I'm not really sure how I want to say this, like yeah. bring people with them through a process as opposed to just going ahead and making decisions and doing things. I think that's a great point. So I'd say that the, the complexity here is, is that, um, on the tactical decisions, the person is highly involving of other people, you know, in the midst, yeah. even the medium range. But for some, you know, and, and this is a person actually has grown tremendously and moving toward the strategic. And, and that's where it gets a little more harried. So actually, they are great at involving other people and actually being inspirational. Um, in their involvement, in their conversations. So it's in, in the work is for all of the folks who are listening is I'm sure there's a way that they go, well, I'm a good leader. I'm a, you know, yeah, I get a little stressed here, yeah. but I'm a good leader. But it really is to start the discernment that I think your question invites is, yeah, I'm a great leader here and here and here, but where, you know, what's my blind spots? What's, what's missing in my decision making? And that's why I use this as the first example is, is that in so many ways, this person is engaged and uh, warm and inspiring and cares about the people and visionary. But there's this one place with the strategic level, they're not doing some, having some of the more strategic conversations that would help make the decisions better. And as you're saying, you know, you have the buy-in increase. So what do you think the, I have a couple of questions there. I want okay. to go back to the blind spot thing, but okay. is there a reason why some leaders, there are places where some leaders are not, good at involving others in decisions is is it like a fear thing or is it a yeah lack of yeah. confidence that they're going to be able to what is it yeah that's that's 
I mean, actually, even that question starts to get into the blind spots as well. Okay. Because there's so there's something there where you know uh, my premise is that the world is too complex for us to understand, and and so we we have shortcuts and heuristics and and so there's there's places where we're good and then there's just places where we're not and egos wise we'd rather not look at them <laughs> we'd rather be confidently moving forward, you know it's like I'm good here I'm good here. You know, so it's 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 a defensive place where, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm 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 anxious. I I'm defended. I, you know, that's in a sense, it's not me. We start defining we start defining what we're to do by what we're good at, and I'm good at these things, and I don't even consider that I should have had that conversation with Bill over there because, well, I just don't need to. He Bill knows what I'm doing. Actually, right. this is the case. Actually. Actually, the, in this, the conversation I just had yesterday, you know, the, the leader said, you know, yeah, there, there's, cl there, there's enough clarity. And I'm like, really? Because it sounds like there's some confusion. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, I've had the conversations. And, and as we pushed it, it's like, holy cow. Yeah, I, I, I should, you know, she, you said, I should have had those conversations. And, and I thought it was clear enough to go. And to your question is having those other conversations is a little bit out of the comfort zone enough to dismiss it mentally. Not, I mean, if she considered it, she'd be like, Oh yeah, I should probably have the conversation, but it was, it was blocked even from con consideration. Okay. That's so interesting. So do all leaders have blind spots? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's, it's the severity of the blind spots are different, you know, because so there's some leaders I've been working with for 15 years that they still call me in and work with me. And so, um, you know, where, where actually I'm, I'm working with somebody right now where I was originally called in because it's like, hey, we, we need to, you know, we'd like to keep this person, but they're about to be fired. And start yeah. working, and this happens all the time. Actually, I start working with people. It's like yeah. I didn't even know I was in trouble, and the, yeah. and the CEO says, "No, I've had many conversations with him." And this is I don't. This is the first time I've heard some of this. <laughs> so, so those are the more egregious blind spots. But even that same person who I've been working with for a long time now, who's actually gotten a number of promotions, taken on big regions, really is one of I, I see him as King Arthur at this point. He's so good at this point. But he still has the blind spots. He's still, they're more subtle, but the more powerful, you know, the more power we have, the more control we have, the more negative the, the blind spots become. You know, the same blind spot at somebody's a staff level position is not going to be seen hardly, where if they're CEO, that blind spot <laughs> radiates out through the organization in subtle but impactful ways. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So... It sounds like they're more dangerous the more authority someone has. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. I feel like some of my role is to give some nicer people more power and to make some uh, powerful people <laughs> nicer people. You know? <laughs> <No>. Laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to step off. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, when. So the Clarity Compass, am I correct that it's a tool that has been developed through these experiences that you've had with people where 
they just really don't have clarity around how they're decision making? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, if you asked any leader and you say, hey, were you clear when you made that decision? They'll say, oh, yeah, yeah. Here are the, here's the six points that we look for the pros and the 22 for the negatives. And, the, you know, there's a clarity there, but it's, the, it's those blind spots. It's what we don't see. Uh, the assumptions that we're making that we don't realize that are really biting us in the behind there because because we think we're clear. And the example I just said, oh, yeah, we're clear. I'm like, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so when someone, okay, now I'm, I'm, see, I'm processing in my head and I'm realizing that so many of us think we have process for our decision-making. And in some cases we probably do. And in mm-hmm. other cases we don't. Yeah. So, right. So, so sometimes those decisions are not the most effective and that's really what we're going for. We're going for effective, efficient decision-making right yeah and i'd say that that it's really to i'd say there's always blind spots or things that we, we we don't consider you know there's there's just too much information out there so there's always things we're not considering sometimes it's minor and incidental and doesn't hurt us and other times it's egregious you know when we have group think or or just the, our blind spots in our own minds that, that some of the decisions, it's, it amazes me uh, sometimes that the decisions that folks are making. <laughs> okay. Can you give me an example of a decision, you know, maybe it's from a past client or something, but, it, but a decision that um, was really bad and like dangerous for the organization? Yeah, I'll give you... Um... Yeah, here's a here. I'll get same same leader, two different decisions. So building a uh, building an organization, a um, lot of pressure uh, to move from unprofitable. Brought in actually again a high caliber leader brought in to actually turn an organization around. And and one of the one of the decisions that they just I'd say where their blind spot is they're just kind of like let's do business as usual. Let's use executive uh, recruiters to bring in new folks. Um, and they just kept doing this and doing this and doing this. And they kept bringing in people who were not good fits with the organization. And yet, they, they, this is a decision. It's a good example of a blind spot because it's like, hey, well, that's what you do. You bring in, you know, if you, if you have a need in the organization, um, yeah. you just keep, you know, using executive recruiters and bring folks in. And at some point, he woke up to, it's like, this is not working. He's like, my intention is to have a, a cohesive team that, that fits with the culture because they had an awesome culture. It just wasn't profitable. And so, so they bring in outside people to make it more profitable, but then it was impa- they just didn't fit with the culture. So, so then he eventually shifted and said, uh, said okay, we're going to actually grow our people. Um, so that we're going to, the people we know are high caliber folks in the organization and we're going to grow them and really invest in the people that are here and help them move up in the organization more quickly. And so, and with that decision, they kept the culture, the, the folks in the organization were thrilled that they were getting the attention and that they, it's like, we count, we matter. It, it was the night and day. One person said, oh, we've been talking about people coming first for a long time, but now we're finally doing it. And so there's a place where it wasn't a bad decision. It was like what they had done before. It's what most corporations do. 
But he said, we're going to take all the money that went into executive recruiters and we're going to put it in developing our people. And they save money and the organization is, is much better off. So that's one, that's one example. I, yeah, I have a second that's one, great. but I don't know if that's, yeah. Okay. No, that, that is great. That, that I totally um, understand that. And I think that's really good for the audience to hear because hiring is such a chat, you know, just to stick on that for a second, it is such <laughs> a challenging thing. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to somebody before we, before this conversation has said they, are trying to hire for a part-time position and they thought they, every time they think they have someone who they're going to make an offer to, they learn something about that person that they just, it's, they're not going to fit with their culture. It's just not yeah. going to work out. And so thank goodness they're finding out ahead of time, you know, before they're actually there. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, that's the good news. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No bad, yeah. Right. In the meantime, they don't have anybody in that position. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, can I just add on to that, Diane? Because sure. to, that, to that point is, is that uh, pretty much every organization I'm in right now, they can't find people. And, and so, so they're actually, even if it's not a culture fit, one of the things I see them doing is actually it's like, ah, oh, we'll take a hit in the culture just because that, that, that seat's been empty uh -huh. for nine or ten months. And, and so they'll take a man or woman who's just not quite the right fit just because the job market's just uh, so tight for really great leaders. Yeah, that's interesting. That that's so. What do you think of that decision? You know, it's uh, I I have a bit of a bias in the in the in the in, in, in is that part of the skill that I'm wanting to to work with in the leaders is is this a person if they're they're not initially a fit. Um, we're not, ha and so, but we're not getting anybody and actually it's burning our people out. It's here. So it's, it's a tough situation. Is and so, uh, we're burning our other people out cause nobody's in that position. You know, that's what I just, again, it was just yesterday to say there's one person who's actually doing four people's jobs, you know, because oh. of different moves and transfers and, and actually all those were actually good things. Nobody had quit in this situation, but still it's like the person needs to those, those positions be refilled and they're not finding the people. So, so the discernment, I mean, to me, the clarity compass in this work is all about greater discernment. And so as I'm interviewing, can I determine they're not currently a cultural fit, but with, with, can I develop them? Can I, can I, as the direct manager, develop them into the culture fit? You know, can we bring in a coach? Can we do some training? It, you know, is what kind of, you know, is it a, a square peg in a round hole or is it a, a square peg in a, you know, set almost square hole. We just have to do a little filing to get it to work, you know? So it's not per, I think that's the problem is it's not perfect, but that's part of the challenge is, is it's not going to be. There's, you know, that's why folks are, you know, Amazon's looking, I'm in Seattle. Amazon was looking at, you know, headquarters elsewhere, uh, pulling more people in India. You know, the, the people are trying to just like, ah, we just need to get good folks. And there, yeah. it's, that desperation, I think what you're asking here is what's the discernment if we're hiring somebody where it's, it's good enough? Right. Right. Or, or do you set up um, – I have a, a friend whose family owns some restaurants and they just hmm. bought another one. And – she, you know, she was talking about this challenge that she's having, and I said to her, you know, in some cases, I think you have to set up like a farm team where you just 
part of your business structure is almost like apprenticeship. You're bringing mm-hmm. them in, mm-hmm. you're training them, you're weeding out the ones who aren't up to it so that you can train, you can grow your own, basically. Yeah. 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 It's a great idea. Yeah. 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 I think it's a good, it's a good question because, because even now companies at the same time are trying to operate leaner. And so they won't do what you just suggested to your friend. They, they, it's like, let's just hire the, the, you know, over here, let's hire the, the minimum number of people we can and stretch the people as far as we can, you know, which is great in terms of profit. But then if you lose somebody, which people (laughs) are, you know, then you're in trouble. I think your farm mentality, even if it may be a little bit more expensive to the other restaurants, in the end, we're keeping great people. We're ferreting through who we don't want to keep. It's, it's, I think it's a great metaphor for, for all the organizations. To, it's like, I need to invest in my people. Right, mm-hmm. right. And sometimes you just have to build your own. And yeah. so, yeah. right? If, yeah. if they're not there, then you got to grow them. So. Yeah. Like vegetables. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that just popped into my head. Yeah. It's very concrete. I like it. You grow your own vegetables. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, wait. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then I, I have okay, more great. questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall and The Go-Giver by Bob Berg, both of whom have been guests on this podcast. Ow. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today, we're talking with Britt Polson about how to become a better decision maker. And Britt, I should have asked you if your book is on Audible. It is not. That's one of the things that I, is on my list to do because uh, I listened a lot of Audible on my own, and uh, it's, and and clients are like, "When are you going to get it on there?" So it is a it's on, it's on the to do list for sure. Terrific. All right. Well, yeah. let me know when it is, and I'll add you to that. that oh, thanks. Commercial. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So now let's talk some about the um, Clarity Compass method, mm-hmm. like, you know, what is it? And then can you give me an example of how a small business owner might use it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I like to think of it as simple in that it's two polarities. You know, one polarity is intentions to action, meaning I, I want salt. You know, my, my food's not salty enough. I say pass the salt. That's the intention is to have more salty, more salty steak or vegetables or, that I've just grown in my garden. Or, uh, you know, and, and I, so I just say, hey, uh, pass the salt. It's really that simple, except for as a business owner, then it becomes more, what are the, my intentions become more complex. I want to be profitable. I want to move into new markets. But, but it's, it's a, there's a clarity that's required around my intentions where, uh, for example, most people are mixing several uh, intentions all at once. And I'll come back to that in an example. And then, uh, so that's intentions to action. 
And then the second polarity that crosses that for these complex decisions are, is the separation of facts versus stories. You mean how much is something a fact that is witnessed, is observed, it's concrete, a, video con a videotape could pick it up, versus a story which is my opinion, belief, judgment about something that's happened. So, so there it's like, you know, Sally was rude with me. It's like, well, what is that rude? Oh, she raised her voice. Well, how loud really was it? You know, maybe she just got excited. So, so the story has us all in, may, may, you know, what we make up in terms of what's important, what's not. And the facts are, you know, I see a pen in front of me. It's sitting right next to the mouse. It's an inch away. You know, I see, uh, I see a coworker looking into her computer. Now she's looking at me, smiling, just moved her hair, you know, with her hand. And so all, the, all those are, are facts. And so we collapse facts and stories quickly as we go through life. And then we think we're right. And that's, that's one of the things I'm really working with is when we think we're right, you know, maybe we should take a second look. That's so great. That's it, really so great because I think most people live in the world of stories and not in the world of facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really provides meaning. I mean, it provides understanding and, and it, hel it helps us navigate. And, you know, even the decision about what's important, where to go and what employees to keep and not keep, you know, it, it's all based more on stories. And then we have to ground ourselves and, okay, what are the facts? What happened actually? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's really, that, that is very interesting to me because I think part of the reason that business owners and leaders in general, really, it's more than just small business owners, but, but leaders and managers don't have those crucial or uncomfortable conversations, calm, whatever you are, is because they're living in the story and not in the facts. Yeah. So whenever yeah. you right, when you let the facts lead, mm -hmm. it's easier to have the conversation because it's unemotional. Yeah. 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 And and I think it's trying to decide what you know. It's it's uh, an example comes up where uh, uh, somebody's working with got a bad uh, employee engagement score. So that's why they brought me in. And and uh, one of the examples that was given so was you know, that, that this guy would go up to the cubicles and there'd be two people that would be there and he'd, every day he'd walk up to two of his people work to him and he'd say, hey, how about, you know, how about those hawks and, you know, have conversation, you know, and, 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 then, and then leave and not say, not say good morning to the other folks. And, and in the story that he had was he had something in common with these two folks. They really liked him and liked talking to him. And these other two folks, he just didn't have anything in common with and that they really just didn't want to talk to him. It wasn't that he was intentionally neglecting them. You know, it was that he was actually thinking if they're, they're uncomfortable with me or they don't, we don't have anything in common, they, they actually don't want to talk to me. You know, and over months of this, it was kind of like they felt like they were second-class citizens. And so there's an example where the facts are he'd go up and, you know, he'd see smiling from the one. He'd, he'd see the other folks not smiling. The story he made up is they just don't want to talk to me. When the reality yeah. is they did, but they just, you know, they were making up. He didn't want to talk to them. And it's these little things that happen over and over again that create our business environment. Wow. Good or bad. 
Yeah. 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 Actually, there's a, can I share another one with you just real quick? Just sure, please do. Just, is, is I was working with a guy and he wanted to take his business. And so this is a small business owner and he was actually really successful. But it, there, there's a way he knew he could get to the, you know, he, to this next level. He had a financial goal that he wasn't making. And it was so interesting that he, uh, he, he, we realized in our, you know, through work in the Clarity Compass that you know, he's looking at the facts and he wasn't having success with the people who were most wealthy, you know, so those are facts. And he was making up stories about how, you know, they just didn't appreciate his product, product and so forth. And, but then we got to a place where actually he didn't like wealthy people. <laughs> he's like he grew up poor and he found them intimidating and he had judgments even though he was relatively wealthy at this point himself it's like he didn't like wealthy people and that that steered his business i mean there were there were millions of dollars he was leaving on the table because he didn't he at some deeper level he didn't even i mean he knew it at some level but it, but he doesn't didn't realize he was making decisions based on it and interacting based on it so there's a place where the, he was, he had all the facts, but the story he was missing is, no, actually I have a, a dislike for these people and it's impacting who I go talk to and how I talk to them. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that's why I love my job. It's because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unearthing these things that are actually helping all of us create our realities. It's like, like when yeah. you said, we all have, I do you think we all have blind spots and I have, yes, we all have them. And the impact, and they seep out. You know what we think we're hot holding in our heads is seeping out and impacting our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it, so if someone is applying the compass, is, is applying this tool, mm -hmm. are there stumbling blocks that they might encounter as they're going through it, as they're trying to use it? Yeah, is that one of the stumbling blocks is, is actually in the intentions, and part of that is actually scoping. Because uh, the stumbling block is I've got too many intentions. You know, it's, it's somebody who wants to, I'm just, I just put out, I'm looking at a client, a uh, list of clients, and just going to pick one at random. You know, it, it's a client who's actually, I want to I wanna keep my employees, um, and so I want to make them happy, and I want to figure out how I can have them paid more. And I want to help them, you know, build the team spirit. And um, I'm doing all that with one clarity compass. Or I'm doing all that in one decision-making process. And so, what? And, and I just see it all the time. Or in meetings, I mean, if you start waking up to this, you know, you'll just see more and more clearly um, how, how this team is trying to solve three problems at once. And they bounce back and forth. And so I, I mean, I've been doing this for 30, 35 years and I still am waking up to new ways that I'm watching. It's like, oh, we're solving that. And then just as that one almost is solved, somebody will create an objection, you know, about, oh, okay, well, what about this? You know, what happened last Tuesday at the all hands? And it's like, it, it, it's related because this topic was brought up, but it's really, it's really distraction. And so in terms of the intention one of the hangups there is how do I have a pure intention and, and scope it to where I'm going to solve this problem and not try to solve six different things. That's a big ha hang up. And then also just not realizing uh, that's for the one polarity. And then the other is not realizing that I, how much I really am in story. 
that I'm, I'm making yeah. up, uh, you know, this kind of, I'm, I'm making up my life and it's guiding me in certain ways. Yeah, those, um, I totally get those. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think uh, it's funny because people are going to walk away from this and they're going to start noticing that yeah. sort of, you know, stacking decisions together and, and yeah. story. Yeah. That, that's my hope, Diane, is because, is you know, one of the things, a big takeaway for today is I'm hoping that people get we create our own realities. And what I mean by that is I'm, I'm working with two guys in the same position and one guy is a micromanager and, uh, and in on every, you know, he's just in on every project and is smothering his people to death. In the same organization, but a different region, I'm working with somebody else in the same position. And he, he sees himself as a philosopher, as a visionary, as a guided. And I'm exaggerating slightly, but actually not much. And his job is to delegate everything. And, and just come in when needed and set the vision. And so it, it's fascinating to me how it's the same job, same job description, and yet the reality that they're creating with those, that same job in different places is completely different. You know, the other people are, are, are not getting the guidance. One set of people is not getting the guidance that they're needing and, and floundering and yeah. making huge mistakes and it's chaos there. The other one, there, there's, a diff there's, a, there's an order because the person's in on everything, but they're missing strategic opportunities because there's, he's, he's so in the weeds. So yeah. just as I'm using that with position, I'm, I wanted to say the same thing about entrepreneurs or small business owners, is that two people in, in the same head of that same business, they're making completely different decisions based off of how they view their role, how they view the business, how they view business in general and if you can wake up to the assumptions and stories you're making then you can see your blind spots more clearly and make better decisions this is so interesting it was so interesting about this i can think about situations that i have been in or mm -hmm. am currently in where uh those blind spots are huge like I can see the other persons, but I am always, I always have to stop myself and go, okay, wait a minute. I probably have one here. <laughs> hey, I don't know say, what it is. Diane, if you say that you're still, you know, 10 times further along than most people, because most people are like, you know, Brent, I, have I got somebody for you to coach? You know, it's like, you can always see it for everybody else, you know? It's so easy. Yeah, it's so it's like it's it, it's like how do they see it? It's shouting at me, you know. But exactly, it's, it's the same thing. Is we don't. It's hard. We're, you know, yeah. we're, we're so good at defending one others from seeing it, and then they still see it sometimes. But then, especially from ourselves, it's so rationalized. Yeah. You know why we're right, where the other person's off, and then and the other. Yeah. Person, the other person's feeling the same way. It's like, it's so clear where, so clear where Diane is off over there. Why, why can't Diane see it? Why can't Brit see it? You know, and it's, it's just inherent in being human. And that's, that's why the, it's helpful to have a tool. It's like, okay, how, how do I get out of my blind spots? And even then, I, I, as much as I love the Clarity Compass, it's what I want to confess is if you can get a friend to work with you with it, it's, it's so much better because of what we're talking about. Because in spite of the, it's a, 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 having a great tool 
it's still helpful to say, hey, Joe, Betty, will you talk to me about this? You know, I, I'm, I've done this Clarity Compass thought through this. You know, get, you know, li listen to what I'm saying out loud. And will you, can you let me know? You know, that's why I think these, you know, the uh, business owners and entrepreneurs really need a sounding board to, you know, even as a friend, inside, outside the business that will really give you hard feedback. No question. I totally agree with that. And, and then I'm wondering about, like, boards of small nonprofits, mm -hmm. you, you know, because you have people, usually on a board, most of the people on there are leaders mm -hmm. in their world, right? And so then they come to the board because they want to impact change, but they bring all of themselves with them mm -hmm. to that position, whatever it is. Yeah. And so that interaction, so let's say it's a small business owner mm -hmm. who, like I'll use myself as an example. So I'm a small business owner. It's only me. I don't have staff, so I don't have to worry about that internally. But if I sit on a board, now I'm having that interaction with other leaders. Mm -hmm. And now, I, I, you know, my decision-making process is at play. Mm-hmm in communication with them, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, the hope is is that, you know, when you have a board is is there's a checks and balances there so that every person's bias is checked with somebody else's, you know, clarity. It's like, yeah, thanks yeah. Diane for sharing that, but here's, you know, I see it a little differently. Um, so, so that, you know, you ha have equals, equal status on the whole on the board, other than maybe the yeah. chairman or founder. Um, right. You know, and but but even there, that's what's fascinating is what we have to look at there is who did we invite to be on the board? <laughs> you know, yeah. who gets invited? Who over time the boards evolve, and I'm you know work with a number of different boards, and and it's fat. It's like wow, how did this group to come together? And you start seeing how they selected each other, and there's kind of like there's not the diversity in the thinking, and so everybody's actually sharing their opinions, but the opinions opinions start to become homogenous as the boards becomes homogenous. Yeah. So the same right. thing plays out, but in a larger system. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, I think that's why to, you know it's like what? How do we consciously compensate? You know, I I don't mean to be derogatory, but I see us so much as automatons where we just. I get up every day and I put on my shirt and I'm Brit and I do the Brit things and I say the Brit things and I do the Brit, you know, da, 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 and I just go, you know, I'm on automatic. And so some of this yeah. is how do I wake myself up, you know, and I'm slapping myself on my forehead. If you hear a little thumping, that's what that is. It's like, I'm trying to wake myself up to like, no, let's just not be the default me, you know, don't, don't be the 2.3 version of me, be the 4.6 version of me. And it's, it's so much about waking up and tools to wake up. Yeah, 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 I get that. So what um, was the catalyst that drove you to develop the tool? You know, it's back in, back in 1984, I was actually a management consultant. Um, and I just remember, you know, I was 24 at the time. And I was like, oh, the world's so overwhelming. <laughs> it's so complex. And then, you know, and I just laugh at that because it was nothing compared to the complexity of this, the world today. And so... <laughs> You know, it was about 10, 15. It's like, that was e it's easy back then. Um, and so it was just how, how do you create a tool that helps people 
not get lost in the fray. That you know, there even back in the '80s, there was too information, too much information for us to assimilate. Uh, how do we organize it to to try to make make better decisions? And that that was really the uh, the the motivation behind it. It's especially in, in business, but also business is so complex, interpersonal is so complex. Uh, and so how do we have a tool that has us navigate the complexity of overwhelming information? And, and that's, that was the intention. Got it. Wow. Well, it, it's so fascinating. And I, I, if I put myself like in the listener's place, cause I am a small business owner and I think, okay, well, this could be maybe a little overwhelming cause it means having that gut check, you know, that reality check and admitting I have blind spots and all of that. Yeah. But the, I would think it's sort of liberating as well when you are able yeah. to, right, develop a better way of making yes. decisions that's better for you and everybody else. Yes, it is so liberating. In fact, it's I, I have to watch myself because because actually the feedback that I tend to give to clients is it mostly it's it's gut wrenching a lot of most of the time actually because people aren't really straight with us. It's just human nature. We're not. I was at the yeah. Gates Foundation yesterday and and was talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, I think I know where I'm at, but I don't. And I'm like, yeah, because people, it's just our nature not to be fully transparent even we think we are we you know we we, we give some negative feedback as you know we think we're sending a hand grenade but it really is it's a flower by the time it lands on the other person <laughs> so and, and to wake up to these things is hard and painful yeah. but to your point is i have to be careful because as people are in the pain really i am i am delighted not because they're in pain but because of that liberation that you're talking about and so yeah. so clients that can take it and take it and take it they are so much more happy more effective, you know, operating at more, more with more joy and power. It's, it's actually a beautiful thing to, to be a part of. Yeah. Well, you have to be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Well, and that's why we, that vulnerability is a great word because it's, you know, I'd say when a client, I can see a client getting sad and I can tell something shifted. It's one thing to say, you know, a lot of times I'll, there'll be an insight or something. It's like, well, yeah, I guess I really thought about that. And I'm like, Ooh, that didn't land. But there's other times when people have one of these realizations that we're talking about here and they'll be like, oh, wow, you know, I can see why I've been, it's actually grieving, Diane, that happens because there's a way, an ego place that thinks we're right and is attached to being right. And as, as we get let go of, oh, maybe I'm not as nice as I thought, or maybe I'm not as visionary as I thought, or maybe I'm not as great as an entrepreneur as I thought in this particular way, it's really sad because we have to let go of a piece of ourselves that's attached to that. But in that sadness and the grieving and letting go, it opens us up to new opportunities for the liberation that you mentioned. Yeah, that, oh, that's such a great way of putting that. It is about having to let go of some of who you think you are. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was a, there's a leader. What's that? It's growing up. It, it, 
<laughs> it really is. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I just, this, actually, this was just yesterday too. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't have a short-term memory, so I'm just pulling from this thing yesterday. But I said to the guy, it's like, you know, you're sitting there and you look like a businessman. You look like you're an adult. You look like you're confident. You look like, you know, and, and so when you do these things out of anxiety, I'm making up other reasons that you're doing it. You know, I'm making up that you don't care about me. You're making right. up, you know, and I, I said, as your coach, I don't care. But other people are making up all these things that you're doing this, you know. And in this example, was somebody, he just talked really fast. Da, 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 and wasn't even letting it land on the other person. And so it's like they don't know where we got to was the vulnerability and the anxiety. But it, we, we look like we're grown up, but we're not. There's little parts <laughs> of us. There's still little kids inside running big businesses. In exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. This is so great. So if there was one small change that someone could, you know, make today, so they were making more effective decisions, what do you think it would be? You know, thanks for asking that. And, and, uh, and whenever I'm asked, questions like that i'm really looking back and at the interview so that it, it makes sense in the context of the, the discussions that we've had and diane because of where you you know you were able to go and take us i feel i'm appreciating the depth of the conversation and even what you said about vulnerability and so the one takeaway i, I would i would say is actually humility a humility in decision making, humility in how we're framing the world, humility in how we're interacting with each other. Mm. So there's some some place that's humble within us that's saying, maybe not all the assumptions I'm making are right. Maybe there's some big piece that I'm missing in the direction of my business, in the direction with my clients, in the direction of the, you know, even if I have a couple people working for me. You know, it's, it's really it kind of in keeping with our conversation today, I'd, I'd, I'd frame it in a deeper way than I might normally, which is that humility to say that, um, you know, I've got a lot of shortcuts out there and how I see life and maybe some of them are blind spots. Yeah, that's great. That is great humility. It's a great mm. word and concept. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for this. Would you let my listeners know, you know, how they can get the book, how they can get in touch with you, what you got going on so they can, you know, reach out? Yeah, that, yeah thanks for the opportunity. So um, the, the email address is info at clarity-compass.com. So it's, uh, yeah, info at clarity-compass.com. And uh, if you want to give us a call here at the office, uh, the phone number is 206-906-9856. Again, 206-906-9856. And then the, uh, and actually you can just get the book on, uh, probably the easiest way for you is to go to Amazon. And it's Clarity Compass, The, the Clarity Compass, and uh, Britt Polson. And either looking up my name or the, the book, it, you should be able to find it and uh, order it uh, on Kindle edition or uh, hard copy. Awesome. Thank you. That's really, really just a great concept and I think tremendously valuable for um, really mm -hmm. anybody in any sort of leadership position, whether they're a business owner or a manager, supervisor, you know, whatever. 
they are. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Diane. Really I appreciate you bringing out the richness of it, and and, I, and just in the questions you asked and the follow up, I, uh, it was it was a pleasure for me. But mostly, it's I, I appreciate you really bringing out the best. So thank you. Oh well, thank you. It's uh, yeah. I love having these conversations. I always learn a ton <laughs> when I have them. So I can tell. I'm having fun, so the listeners. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and I always like to thank the listeners because. That's why we're doing this thing, as well as our sponsors. Yes. Please remember to visit uh, audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up for a free trial and get a free audio book. Continue to prosper and be curious and uh, be um, have humility and realize that we all have blind spots. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.